Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the science of healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to the show today. You're stuck with me. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. We're going to fly solo, but we're going to talk about viral vaccines, IBR, BVD, BRSV, PI3. Stay tuned. We're going to learn about internasal, parental, killed, modified live, and much more. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. When we talk about viral vaccines, there's a lot of debate on internasal versus injectable versus uh, killed versus modified live versus different antigens. So I thought, let's just talk a little bit about viral vaccines, what they are, how they work, and, and what's incorporated in them. And so virus, first of all, let's just start out with, with virus. Viruses are a lot smaller than bacteria. Matter of fact, viruses are, are you know, like cold viruses and, and things like that. They, for the most part, they cannot live outside the body. They need to be transferred from host to host. And so we're talking about something that replicates or goes into the body's cells, has to live within the, the animal. And what will happen is, is it will actually use the centers that make DNA or RNA to replicate its viral um, particles and so that's how it kind of grows in the body and then after the the virus has been in the body for some time the body will re recognize that as being foreign and the good news is viruses come into the body quick they they steal some of the gearing or mechanism of a cell but they're also cleared from the body much quicker than than a bacterial infection for the most part primary infections, when we talk about like bovine respiratory disease, we'll talk about a primary infection followed by a secondary opportunist infection. So the primary infection, an IBR virus or a BVD virus, comes into the body and it causes disease, suppresses the immune system, gets the attention of the immune system, and while the immune system is is working on that virus or if the immune system is being suppressed by that virus, the secondary invaders, such as Mannheimia hemolytica or Pastorella multocida, sets up and colonizes in the lungs and causes the actual disease. But most of the time, these viruses are what's setting up. When we get a cold as a human being and then we wind up with pneumonia if we don't take care of ourselves. You've always heard mom say that, right? You get a cold, take care of yourself or you're going to get yourself the death of pneumonia. Stay warm, dry. Uh, plenty of fluids, things of that nature, are what help the immune system stay functioning to, to neutralize or erase a viral infection. Why is that important? Because the same mechanism that that body uses to erase or, or remove a viral infection from the body is exactly what happens when we vaccinate for a virus. So whether it's a killed vaccine or a modified live or an intranasal, if we don't have an animal with a functioning immune system, we will not have a functioning immunization. So there's a difference between vaccinating and immunizing. Vaccinating is physically putting the vaccine through the needle into the calf. Immunizing is when we put the vaccine into the animal, the antigen is presented, the, the immune system then forms a, an immune response against that virus or against that antigen causing what we call immunization. Therefore, the next time that that animal is exposed to that virus, 
that we will have memory or we will have um, some sort of immune response so that when the virus hits, the calf's protected. We're gonna take a break and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about some of the different types of vaccines. Really appreciate y'all joining the show today. We're talking about vaccines. And I wanna start out by talking about some of the differences in, in intranasal versus injectable vaccines. So as we discussed, the, when we inject a vaccine or provide an intranasal vaccine, we're actually putting the virus into the animal. It might be killed, it might be modified live. And when we talk about modified live, that means it's modified such that it looks like the virus to the immune system, but it can't cause the disease. So we put the modified live for intranasals or for injectables into the animal. The difference between an intranasal and an and a injectable is that when we give the intranasal vaccine, it just stays in the nose or in the nasal passageways. And we get a localized type of immune response there and we can get some systemic or all around the body protection, but that virus or that antigen from that intranasal vaccine, when we spray it in the nose, just stays in the nose. And so it's causing an immune response, even though it's outside the body, considered being in the nasal cavity. When we inject a vaccine, that's when the, the the vaccine is, goes through the same thing as if an animal inhales it or ingests it or it gets in the bloodstream and we get a, a antibody response uh, or an immune response to that foreign particle or that virus in the, in the body. So the real difference between internasal is the internasal stays in the nose and causes the immune system being outside the body and therefore the actual vaccine is not neutralized. When we give an injectable, the vaccine is neutralized or the virus from the vaccine is neutralized just like it would if the animal was exposed to the, to the, to the virus in the wild, okay? And, and so both of them elicit an immune response. There's been some claim that the internasal will produce a little bit quicker immune response than, than the, the injectables, but when you look at it in the field, it really doesn't make that much difference in protection or control. I can tell you this, that the difference between a killed and, an, and a modified live vaccine is this. When we give, a, uh, or let me start up, a killed vaccine is we grow up the virus, we kill it, we put it into the, to the vaccine vial. Modified live is one that's been genetically modified, that it has the same viral structure, but it doesn't cause disease. And it's alive, so when we inject it, it can replicate. The difference is when we give a killed vaccine or a modified live, we get what we call a humoral immune response. The antigen, the virus, is put into the body. The immune system creates an antibody. That antibody then neutralizes the virus, okay? Both modified live and killed vaccines cause an antibody response. The modified live vaccine causes what we call a, a cell mediated immune response, which is nonspecific, meaning anything within the body that's not considered self is attacked. So some people consider the modified live to be a little bit more of a nonspecific immune response uh, initiator when we give them. When we come back, we'll talk, pick up a little bit where we left off 
and talk about some of the things that are in our viral vaccines for bovine respiratory disease. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson, we're talking about viral vaccines. Try to simplify things. I'm not, I'm not a real uh, complex person when it comes to, I have to make things pretty cookbook to be able to understand it uh, myself. And so when I think about killed vaccine versus modified live, one of the things is I get a humoral immune response or an antibody, a titer, right? You know, whenever you go in to get checked for, to see if you have a titer to something, that means that you have antibody, okay? So we get a tighter response when we give modified live or killed. I get that non-specific cell-mediated immune response when I give a modified live. On the flip side, one of the advantages to a killed vaccine is that I know that that vaccine is dead and it's not going to cause disease in the animal. So I can give a bigger dose of the viral particles to that animal than what I could with a modified live. Because the question would be if that modified live vaccine is given in too big a dose, sometimes is thought that it could cause disease. So, so some of the pluses and minuses of both modified live and killed. The one thing about a killed vaccine is that most of the time if you give a killed vaccine, you're gonna have to booster those calves with a killed vaccine 21 to, to 28 days later. Um, unless you're in an environment where there's gonna be constant exposure to one of those viruses, then you don't have to worry about it because they revaccinate themselves. And we've been enough around enough uh, put together cattle and high risk cattle to understand that type of, of situation as well. So we've talked about internasal versus injectable. We've talked about killed versus modified live. Work with your veterinarian to develop a vaccine protocol um, so that you know if you're dealing with pregnant cows versus high-risk calves versus uh, yearlings or replacement heifers. Everybody has a different protocol, different uh, geographies, but the one thing that's common in viral vaccines is basically we're dealing with, with five that we vaccinate for. When you go and buy that bottle of four-way viral vaccine or buy that five-way viral vaccine the five viruses that we have in that bottle are infectious bovine rhinotracheitis virus, which is IBR. Everybody calls IBR. The, the, the lay term for that is red nose, okay? So red nose. We have BVD, bovine viral diarrhea, so BVD type one and BVD type two, which are their two biotypes. So if you have a four-way viral vaccine, it'll have just BVD type one. If you have a five-way, viral vaccine, it'll have BVD type one and BVD type two. I almost always recommend the five-way modified live viral. Again, work with your veterinarian. The third antigen, bovine BRSV, bovine respiratory syncytial virus. We've all seen respiratory syncytial virus in humans, dogs, different types, but this one is specific to cattle. And then the fourth antigen is PI3 or parainfluenza three. Now, we rarely see disease from parainfluenza 3 in our industry. And I had one person, I asked them, I said, well, why do we vaccinate for it? And they said, well, quit vaccinating for it and you'll find out. And so in a five-way or four-way modified live or killed viral vaccine product, multivalent product, IBR, BVD type 1, BVD type 2, BRSV, PI3. When we come back, we're going to wrap up about vaccines, how they work, what we recommend, 
and how they work with, within our production systems. Hey there folks, welcome back to Doc Talk, Dr. Dan Thompson, and we're talking about vaccines, viral vaccines to, to be specific. And one thing when you hear somebody say, well, they've had their shots, um, in, in general terms, we have black leg vaccines, which is the clostridial vaccines. We have respiratory viral vaccines, which are what we're talking about here, the four-way or five-way modified live or killed, um, which is also, uh, they're also reproductive diseases. When we look at uh, IBR, BVD, those two can not only be a respiratory virus, but they can also be something that causes abortion in cows, okay, or decreased pregnancy rate. And then we have our Bacterns, which we've talked about in previous shows, which are your gram negatives, the Mannheimia hemolytica, Pastorella maltosta, Histophilus, which Mannheimia hemolytica, for those of you that are my age, my vintage, that's Pastorella hemolytica, they've just renamed it. Histophilus somnus, that's Haemophilus somnus, renamed it again. So anyway, those are, those are three types of, of vaccines that we're, we're really gonna focus on. Black leg is something that we're giving at branding. We might repeat it at weaning, probably don't do it again. Anytime that I band a calf with, to castrate by banding, I wanna make sure that I give a tetanus toxoid because that will prevent te tetanus in those, in those calves. When we look at these viral vaccines, we're giving these all the way through the production system and we're boostering them. But for a baby calf, we're gonna give it at branding, we're gonna give at least one dose at weaning, and if we precondition where we have two doses, we may give two doses. And that will carry that animal through the feeding period all the way to the end. The only other time I might see somebody vaccinate with a viral vaccine is at the time of re-implant. Part of the reason is if we sort and we have cattle with different immune status or carrying different diseases, um, the people might revaccinate. There's also a discussion of a suppressed immune system uh, when we re-implant and so it's a time that we can booster. I think some people have dropped that practice, but for respiratory disease, most of the time we're gonna do it is at three months of age and then once and twice at weaning or at feedlot entry, okay? When we're talking about reproductive diseases, obviously we're gonna um, provide that, that animal with the vaccine at branding. We're gonna provide it with the, the animal at weaning. But then we have our pre-breeding shots and we look at those heifers, we wanna give at least two rounds of viral vaccine to those heifers uh, spaced 21 days apart. And then we will booster the cows, generally speaking, either at branding before turnout because it's a reproductive vaccine or potentially at preg check time. The one thing I don't do is I don't put a modified live vaccine in a bred animal. Um, just something that is a practice that's been instilled upon me by many immunologists over the last year. Um, so it's something that is up for debate and something that's up for question. I hope today's show was informative to you. I tried to simplify things so that I can understand it myself. I can't tell you how much I appreciate y'all watching the show. Thank you for believing in us and supporting us. Always work with your local veterinarian. Make sure that if you want to see what we do at Doc Talk, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. Thanks for watching today, and I'll see you down the road. Closed captioning is brought to you by Profusion Drench for Beef Cattle, a no prescription, no needle supplement. To learn more, go to zenpro.com.
Doc Talk was brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the science of healthier animals. As dependable as the sunrise, in dairy parlors, open pastures, on ranches and feed yards across America, a place where reputation is more than a name, where the science of healthier animals is a way of life. It's the responsibility that drives who we are and what we do. Every decision, every day. It's your livelihood and our responsibility.